Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. This is Shorsha and I hope everyone listening is doing well. Uh, For this week's episode, I was delighted to be joined by two guys from Shortsley Studio, Eric Fulton and Eric Ackerman, uh, who, of course, uh, made Voodoo Detective, a game which has caused quite a stir. Uh, you could say that they have put a spell on adventure game players, a voodoo spell, maybe. But it's been getting some great reviews, and so I had a chance to uh, speak to the developers about how they got involved in adventure games and uh, how they got how they got started making this game and all about this game again non spoilers and how they managed to work with this incredible talent with uh, voice actors and of course Peter McConnell who did the music for this game and several uh, LucasArts games including Monkey Island and uh, many others as well. Um, now for those not watching on video, if you're listening to this, you're obviously listening. Uh, on audio, um, I call them Blue Eric and Green Eric because they're two Erics and one was wearing green shirt and the other a blue shirt. So that's how I distinguished them. Um, so hopefully that doesn't cause too much confusion. But uh, anyway, hope you enjoyed this interview and uh, we'll be reviewing the game uh, very soon and more on that after the interview. So please enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. And I am delighted to be joined by Eric and Eric of Short Sleeve Studio, developers of Voodoo Detective. So hello, Eric and Eric. Hello. hello. <laughs> so I don't think this is going to be confusing at all. Two Erics, the one time. <laughs> um, but I'm delighted to have you on the podcast. Uh, because Voodoo Detective has just been released at the time of recording, and it's uh, doing pretty well from what I can see, getting some very good reviews, and people seem to be very excited about that, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Um, before we start talking about the game, uh, maybe we could uh, have a you know, brief introduction. So uh, start with the person at the top, Eric Fulton. <laughs> Uh, would Hi. you like to have a brief introduction, say what uh, well, what your role is and what your favorite adventure games are? Oh, sure. Uh, we can call me Green Eric and maybe Eric okay. Ackerman can be Blue Eric, or I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Green, Green Eric. Oh. Indirection oh. there. <laughs> uh, so I'm sort of the game's producer, programmer, and then Eric and I co-wrote and co-directed the game. So I sort of did all the hiring and programming and and we wrote and directed it together. Um, and we started in 2019. And yeah, what am and my favorite game? adventure game? About that. Yeah, because uh, I think Monkey Island probably stands in my mind as, as my favorite. But um, Monkey Island, King's Quest are the two that I grew up playing. Because I had, um, I was born in 88. So I was maybe a little bit after the heyday of those adventure games, but I had mm. o- older siblings that played. And so those were the ones I grew up with, like King's, King's Quest Six and Secret of Monkey Island and Monkey Island 2 and Curse of Monkey Island are probably my four favorites, I think. 
but I also had, you know, Putt Putt goes to the zoo and Freddy Fish and oh, when I was so, quite a bit younger. So you started, uh, so you played uh, Ron Gilbert's um, games for young for young children. Then I did, yeah. He he had me from from uh, when I was still sucking my thumb. Just to <laughs> and uh, oh, that's it. What what are the good? Have you played those games recently? I was. Or... It's funny. Uh, I was just watching. Because we were, we've been reaching out to influencers to see if anyone would be interested in checking out Voodoo Detective as part of the marketing for the game. And uh, one of them I saw had been playing Putt Putt. And I was like, huh, I wonder what that looks like after all these years. Because I haven't seen it since I was, uh, gosh, I don't know, like very young. Mm. Uh, and it, it, it's a colorful game. It looks like fun still. I don't know if it would be fun for me as an adult or... I, and I wonder what kids would make of it these days What with all the, because you have your iPhone and a million different colorful, exciting games. You can play Fortnite or or mm. uh, <laughs> Among Us or whatever. Or Voodoo Detective. Um, or Voodoo Detective. Yeah, exactly. Cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's sort of what I grew up playing. Cool. Yeah, there's some great games uh, there. I mean, I think like myself, I was born in 86. So I think I didn't have any older siblings, but I think like yourself, you know, I started, well, I started late kind of a bit later playing adventure games as, as i told you before recording um but no some great games there and i think we can see with voodoo detectives certainly with the screenshots that it's certainly when I mean, it looks amazing like what uh, we'll talk about now and um but uh you can definitely see the influences i think of lucas arts um but uh, we'll talk more about yeah. that uh shortly a, i was just gonna say we owe we owe a debt we really can't repay so much mm. influence from all those really great games yeah these people are legends and the fact that we got to work with some of them like peter mcconnell it was sort of like stepping mm. out of reality and into a dream and meeting like a hero and very very cool love yeah, that game cool and uh, well sorry remind uh, remind people who peter mcconnell is if you know for people oh, who... if you don't know peter mcconnell's <laughs> the composer behind uh monkey island along with michael land mm. uh he also did grim fandango more recently he did psychonauts 2 and he did I think wow. he worked on Hearthstone, which is a huge game. Um, yeah, he's he's been all over the place, and he does uh, the most uh, whimsical, wonderful, hummable tunes you can possibly imagine for video games. I, I honestly, Grim Fandango is one of my top favorite game soundtracks for sure. Mm. I mean, yeah, there's some JRPGs I love, like Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy, the or like the Koji Kondo games, but... Uh, as far as like Western composers, I mean, he's just world class. He's the he's yeah, very absolutely, good. yeah. I mean, cool. Well, we sh we uh, should talk. Yep. Sorry, go ahead. Can... This is the other Eric. <laughs> oh yeah, I was just gonna say you can stream all his other stuff online, all of the soundtracks. If you want to check out Peter's stuff, um, and you should. I shall add a link to the awesome. show notes and in the description. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for that. Uh, well, Green Eric, <laughs> don't know that Eric Fulton. Now the other Eric, uh, Blue Eric, Eric Ackerman. Um, uh, what so if you could introduce yourself and say what your role is and what your favorite adventure games are? Gladly. Um, I am the co-writer and co-director. I have none of the computing skills that Eric does, but I am very much in awe of his programming prowess. Uh, but so I've, I'm completely on the creative side, but writer, co-director, uh, which is very fun. I get to imagine things all day. 
And I would say my favorite adventure games, the Monkey Island series, definitely, as anyone who plays Voodoo Detective will <laughs> instantly recognize. Um, Curse of Monkey Island, especially, uh, was one that I got attached to. And there's a game called Cartoon Cartoon Summer Resort that was a free game on CartoonNetwork.com ages ago. When I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to uh, play video games except the free ones I would find online while my parents uh, were out. (laughs) Cartoon Cartoon Event uh, Resort. It it was an adventure game. It wasn't exactly point and click, but it was you went around solving puzzles. And uh, there was some great mystery at the center of it all. Uh, and that game, I just still have such fond memories of it. It was cool. the best. If, you can, if anybody can find it, let me know. Uh, what's I the name? Of cartoon, cartoon? Cartoon? Cartoon Cartoon Summer Resort. So Okay, I mean, I shall look for it now. Now I'm yeah. very curious. Well, yeah, I think you can. It was, a, it was a Flash game, and I think Flash has been disabled uh, or gone defunct in some way or other. Um, but yeah, if anybody, if any of you listeners out there have Cartoon Cartoon Summer Resort, let me know because I want to play it. Cool. Okay. Well, I shall look for it. And again, if any listeners does know a link, uh, please send it our way or please send it to uh, Short Sleeve Studio and Eric Ackerman. <laughs> That's me. Uh, well, t- thank you very much. I mean, it's funny that some people, you know, uh, to rebel, they take drugs, they go out drinking. You play video games. <laughs> right, yeah. And, so, now make them. and now you're making them. Yeah, um, so parents beware what you don't yeah. do. Yeah, if, if you don't let your kids play video games, they could end up being video game developers. Yeah. So, <laughs> Dangerous. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll do that with my kids. Maybe I won't let them uh, play video games. Hopefully they can become video game developers. <laughs> um, but, Long con. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for that. So, uh, and I'm curious. So, what, did you guys? Uh, well, what I like to ask people is, which came first, the game studio or the game? Uh, did you guys know each other for you know before 2019? Were you friends before? Did you meet each other in 2019? So, uh, how did you get together to create the studio and then the game? You want? Uh, um, uh, should we alternate who answers, maybe? Yeah, sure. So, Eric, Green Eric, it's, uh, if you want okay. to an- answer that. So, I can, uh, our, we, we met in college, so long before the game was conceived of. Uh, we, we were in the same dorm room at Santa Clara University and um, quickly became friends there. And uh, after we graduated from school, I think we were doing kind of a weekly exchange of writing. So, I would send a short story his way, send something my way, and we'd give criticism and feedback, positive or negative, whatever. And um, one of those short stories was Voodoo Detective. And I think that was around 2017. And it just kind of, like all the other writing we'd been doing, kind of sat in a Google Drive. <laughs> and then um, I worked as a I worked as a programmer since I graduated, um, bouncing from tech company to tech company and never really quite settling. So, because I'm a misfit, I'm a rebel, you know? <laughs> Not a rebel. <laughs> and uh, I was working at uh, my last job and I was just kind of thinking, well, I'm not happy here and I, I don't really want to go and bounce to another company because that hasn't been 
helpful in the past, helping me find what I want to do. Um, so maybe I should take a leap of faith and do something different. Just take my courage in both hands and try something new. And I did, I mean, I, I met up with Eric. I think it was our friend's wedding. Our friend was getting married and I was like, hey, I'm thinking of, of uh, or probably before that, actually, I, I was thinking of making a video game and he, he was very enthusiastic. He said, Eric, yes, you should do this. You should quit your job immediately and go make a video game. Uh, good advice. Um, that's good <laughs> advice. Or <laughs> Well, so I didn't quit my job immediately. I had saved up uh, a bunch of time off because I, I just never take time off. And I, I took it all off at once and was like, hey, Eric, you want to work on writing the story together in these two weeks and see how it goes. And we did and it went really well. And so at the end of the two weeks, I stormed into my office and said, hey, everyone, I quit. I stood on my desk. Um, see you all in hell. And then I left and I didn't actually do that. Okay. I was wondering, I was like, wow, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really do that. I'm actually, I'm friends with my manager still. I mean, it, it was, uh, okay. That, I mean, that's party. I'm just that's, totally joking. That's usually how things go with my experience, but and I'm glad actually to be still friends with your previous manager. You know, I'm happy, but on the other hand, I'd be like, well, I thought the other way only happened in the movies. No, <laughs> I made that up. It was a little joke. Okay, um, well, <laughs> so yeah, after that, it was just uh, full full speed ahead on Voodoo Detective. And I guess it's been two, two and three quarters years or so. I mean, I guess we, we started in earnest around August of 2019, I think. And so since then, up until May 24th, 2022, we'd been working on the game. Yeah, well, and, I'd... Uh, it was finally released on 24th of May, 2022. So again, congratulations uh, on the release. And... The release of what? Of Voodoo Detective. <laughs> Everybody go buy it. In, indeed. Well, I, think, I think from what I've been seeing on Twitter, at least a few, quite a few people have been playing it and on Twitch and that. Uh, no, fantastic. Thank you, Eric. And then, um, well, B Blue Eric, um, so did you quit your job as well? Or are you still working? Uh, did you? A little, a little did, bit of both. Uh, uh, are you still I've friends worked. with your manager or did you tell him to go yeah. to hell or her to go to hell? Yeah, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I keep in touch with people. I'm, I'm uh, well, not nearly as good as that as I should be. But yeah, I'm still friends with people. Anybody I told to go to hell um told it right back to me so we're even <laughs> um no i didn't do that i was working in uh television which is seasonal work for a lot of mm -hmm. stuff so i was kind of bouncing from show to show um and when eric asked me to join him i was i had just finished a show so i was free at the time so i didn't need to quit my job and then for like the first probably I guess year of voodoo detective, I would like, I would hop on a job for a few weeks uh, and then come back to voodoo detective and then hop on a job for a few weeks and then come back um, because that was the way the TV or that is the way the TV business can go sometimes. Um, but not anymore. Now it's been full steam voodoo detective for, I guess like the last probably year. Um, cool. Yeah, which has been real nice. Very fortunate to have been able to do that. And hopefully forevermore. 
Yeah, well, look, hopefully this game will do well enough that you can continue making games. Um, and, and and then uh, to continue, then <laughs> Blue Eric, I'm going to keep going with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned you work on TV. Is, do you have any preference now to writing for TV or writing for the game or are there any differences or any you know, challenges in one that you didn't find in the other? Or how did you find working for both? Yeah. Are there any similarities that, that were able they're, to help you? They're extremely different. They're similar in that um, they're writing crap. So getting good at one makes you good at the other mm. to some degree. Um, it's, you know, in television, you write the same conversation. And I only, I only worked at the assistant level. I wasn't a fancy tv writer or anything um but when you write the same conversations over and over again you're just revising whereas in adventure games you write the same conversations over and over again because of the multiple branches um so that's that's something that i was afraid of being tedious at first but it actually turned out to be a pretty good time um i don't know if eric uh green green eric <laughs> had the same experience as i did but i've i've found it to be a lot of fun to uh i don't know branch different ways a uh, conversation goes and I'm somebody who always has a hard time when writing uh, making up my mind about which way I want a character to go and I don't necessarily have to worry about that if I can have them go either way uh, both ways even sure In terms of uh, you can give this emotional response or that one and hey everybody wins sure were there any uh, challenges because uh, make a I've heard Charles Cecil, developer of Broken Sword, speak that he said there are big differences between writing for TV and movies and games that he considered as writing for games to be more difficult, more challenging because they're interactive and you have to give the player agency. Uh, did you guys yeah. uh, find that? Uh, well, again, Blue Eric and then Green Eric. Will we can go back to you? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot more to keep track of. I'll say, um, mm. at least for our experience with Voodoo Detective, just because you have to cover every base and you really have to make sure um well you never want to be redundant but you also have to always be clear um which is a tall order mm. yeah, for <laughs> when you when especially as you get deeper and deeper into the story and have so many more threads to pull i don't know it gets uh it gets hairy sometimes but it does keep you on your toes which keeps you from getting bored I, I could imagine. Yeah, which is something I appreciate. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Well, going back to uh, Green, Eric, um, what, I, can you, what can you tell us? Oh, sorry. We're gonna... I was just going to say, I can't, really, I can't really speak to the difficulty of writing uh, for TV versus, uh, mm. I mean, my, my experience in writing for you know, linear stories is what I exchanged with Eric and maybe a screenwriting class I had in college. Um, but I will say, just from experience on the adventure game, uh, the non-deterministic branching of dialogue, like if you really, there, there, it's, it gets to be kind of complicated because, and I think this is something you see in other games like in Telltale games or uh, games yeah. where you can, oh, you know, a great example, Skyrim. There'll be some NPC that's uh, vital to the quest that you're currently working on, and you can you can bash them over the head until they fall over, but... They're going to get back up because they're too important to let die. And so that's how some people handle that kind of 
branching of uh, decisions. Mm. And and granted, this is an adventure game. You can't go around killing people. But <laughs> if we were to add in a whole bunch of different, um, you know, branching decisions that had huge implications for the story, then it becomes uh, uh, becomes very complicated. Because imagine all the binary decisions that you have, and it, it is like an exponential growth kind of thing. If you have a lot of them that just do this or this, and this has this outcome and this outcome, and then those two decisions have this or this outcome. It, it can get very big, like a family tree. Mm. Um, so, and, and in fact, there were some some things we ended up cutting from the game. Like there was this thing called the the hammer of woe that you used to be able to grab from the cemetery, and it would have allowed you to what was it? Kill people? <laughs> I don't know. At some point, we had some some pretty wild like. Back when we were doing Blue Sky, go through um, a wall, I think, with it. Yeah, get through a wall. That's what it was. Although we did talk about having like a weapon in the game that could take out characters. That was early on in our, uh, you know, Blue Sky brainstorming sessions. But uh, it became apparent pretty quickly that if you do have these kinds of decisions and a lot of them, then the amount of logic and effort involved in in really thoroughly exploring those. paths uh, becomes untenable for a small team i think Mm. so we wanted to focus on giving the player satisfying decisions and honestly some of some of my favorite jokes in the game are the choices you have like you'll witness well i don't want to give any of it away but um, (laughs) there's a lot of fun decisions you can make and um just with what you say cool i lost track of what i was just talking about (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's complicated is the crux of what i was trying to yeah yeah no there, there was another game that was released a few years ago i don't know if you've heard of it called clam man which is a comedy as well and i think it was mainly one guy who made it and now he he kind of like poked fun at the choices like in telltale games as well that uh there are two choices about you know which hot dog stand to go to i think and the main character said, oh, I know this is going to be a super important decision that will affect the rest of this game. You know, maybe he'll remember that or something. It's a lot funnier than what I just said. But um, yeah, I imagine it would make things a lot more complex, uh, you know, for a small team. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I suppose we should probably talk more about the game itself. <laughs> um, so again, without spoilers, I was wondering if uh, you guys could um talk about so what's the story what's the setup so who is uh voodoo detective so um i suppose green eric again because i asked blue eric two questions last time so uh, green eric if you wanted to set us up and then uh other eric if you wanted to jump in okay yeah sure so the story surrounds a man named voodoo detective who's just moved to this island and he's sort of uh lamenting that decision he's down on his luck he hasn't had a client and uh he's not too taken with the atmosphere of the island because it's it's become i mean it's this place that has a rich voodoo culture but it's been overrun by tourists and western um uh you know like the disney's and the starbucks's of our of of our world have kind of and not to cast any shade on those companies i'm sure they're great and we'd love them (laughs) but um but yeah, he's not too taken with it. So he's sitting at his desk writing a personal ad because he's also lonely. 
when in walks his first client, uh, and it's this woman who's lost her memory. And so his first, uh, his first, his first uh, case is to find out what happened to this woman and unravel the mystery that's surrounding her, her amnesia. And, uh, and she, she explains that she had this, the last thing she remembers is this dream she had where an old man and this crossroads had given her this pendant. And so that's your very first clue is like, mm. what does this pendant have to do with this woman's amnesia and where does it lead? And so from that point, you, you begin your investigation, you make use of your hoodoo, which is like, um, it's like a tradition within voodoo, the religion, uh, it's kind of. Uh, like folk magic and and uh root work and so you make use of those skills to and your and your your wit to uh solve puzzles and unravel the mystery cool well i'm certainly intrigued um it's uh you know it's got you know because especially you know in a really paradise type location but i, I really like how it's changed you know how it's become very touristy <laughs> Um, because even over here in Europe, you could say maybe there are places in Spain or Portugal that are kind of like paradise places, but then you go there and it's full of both, you know, English and Irish people and very few locals. <laughs> and uh, not that anything wrong, I'm Irish myself, but, you know, if you go to a place, you might want to know about the c- local culture, but I can see how that's, uh, that's happening. Um, so thank you for that, uh, Eric. Um, I suppose Blue Eric, is there anything that you, you would like to to add uh, to the game as co-writer? And I suppose I could talk about maybe some of the inspirations that um, for the game as well. And what type of game is it? You know, is it a comedy? Is it a satire? Is it more serious, a detective uh, thriller? What type of game can we expect and what were some of the inspirations? Well, it's definitely a comedy. Um, some satire certainly made its way into there. Like just what we were talking about with the uh, uh, tourism culture overrunning mm. the locals. So there's a, we definitely poke fun at that and um, the big corporations that often can be responsible for uh, the package and resale of uh, certain cultures. Um, and influence wise, aside from all the wonderful adventure games, Eric and I really were diving into a lot of. Uh, film noir and detective novels uh raymond chandler probably principally um and there was a there was a movie what was it eric the long goodbye i think yeah the long goodbye that was based off a raymond chandler novel that according to green eric um or i I think that was one of the first things we talked about because that was uh that was the raymond chandler's uh one of his uh, go-to detectives Philip Marlowe mm. he was investigating a mystery that uh, had him spend some time at the beach uh, so we that 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 was a principal influence and yeah just a number of those Raven Chandler books uh, The Big Sleep um, Farewell My Lovely uh, some Dashiell Hammett as well The Thin Man um, and then just a uh, Eric had a pile of film noir films. He would recommend a number of those to me. Uh, what, what what were some other ones, Eric? Well, one that's not really an authentic. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just saying the Big Heat was another one. Oh yeah, uh, some some that weren't authentic noirs as well. Like Steve Martin did this movie called Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, which is kind of a 
send off, send up, send off, send off, send off, right? Send off. Send off of, uh, you know, noir films. And it takes a bunch of clips directly from those films and kind of hooks fun at all the stereotypes and, and the funny tropes that those, well, they're not funny, but Mm. he makes it funny. Uh, you know, like Chinatown, Casablanca was a big influence, especially for our trailer. We went back to that quite a lot. Uh, Double Indemnity was a big one. Um, and like Eric said, yeah, the Raymond Chandler stories and the, especially the long goodbye was influential. And Grim Fandango, game game like that. Mm. Um, yeah, we have a, a lot of debts we owe to the all these experts. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love... All of that again. I love uh, you know detective novels. I've seen some of those movies. I haven't read the, the books yet. I keep meaning to. Um, so, uh, so then you've mentioned the comedy as well. So with the detective aspect, then I suppose how, how did you fit the detective aspect with the comedy? Is that you know was there comedy with the detective uh, gameplay, or was that more serious then as well? Um, how did you guys both fit those two together? I think, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. You're asking. Yeah, yeah. Here. No, that's uh, yeah. Green Eric, you can go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say that I think anyone who knows Eric or me would say that we have, we both have kind of similar dry sense of humor. And uh, the way these detectives talk in the, in the films, it's like very deadpan. Mm. And these, these people are like flawed and they're kind of hard edged, deadpan people. And it's like kind of a perfect vehicle if you're doing dry humor, having someone who speaks, um, yeah, in that manner, giving kind of silly lines works pretty well. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, was was there more to that question? I'm sorry. No, I, I think that. Um, yeah, no, I think you answered that. That they're you know deadpan. Oh. So the detective then he is more similar to um, Philip Marlowe oh, right, right. or Dashiell Hammett. Then I take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, sorry, you asked if detective how it was suited to comedy. Yeah, so I think that's that's sort of our angle with the mm. the comedy coming from him. And then there's stuff that, you know, Voodoo Detective himself doesn't say that's also funny. Like there's some, uh, a lot of reviews have pointed out the, f- the first, the tutorial that starts the game, which is sort of seamlessly blended into the gameplay. It's not something explicit, uh, has some fourth wall breaking humor as well. And we try not to get too meta with our humor, I think in general, but uh, there are a few like fourth wall breaking jokes that kind of uh, are a little bit meta. I would say. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I, I look forward to it. Um, so I know he talks a little bit about the Voodoo Detective and this uh, client. Is there anything else that you can say about any of the characters we might meet? So uh, maybe Blue, Blue Eric, again, without any spoilers, um, can you talk to us about any of the uh, characters that we meet on this island in, in this story? Definitely. If you're able to. Again, yeah, well, don't want to I give will, any spoilers. We have to look I forward will, to playing it. Yeah, I'll at least say that they were all uh, brilliantly voiced by very talented actors. Mm. Um, I, I guess I won't say all of them, but they were all, I mean, they were all, I, I don't know if I have all of their names handy, uh, but Will Stevens, Will Chris, William Christopher Stevens as Voodoo Detective, Tom Bromhead as Victor Fontoul, uh, Keith Farley as Gordon Crumsford, Mo Daniels as Mary Fontoul. Um, we had some really great people. Amanda Troop as Penny. Penny has been Eric, Eric's sister and uh, nephew's favorite character, I know. 
Oh yeah, no. DK and Monty. That's <laughs> uh, fantastic. Um, but yeah, the other characters, you know, we've got we've got the uh, the very what's the word stately Englishman who's very kind and old and frail. Um, you must have him in a detective story. <laughs> um, there's the greedy banker, Gordon Crumsford, um, who is blustery and uh, quite, he, he was quite a lot of fun, I, would, I will say, to write for, going with that uh, pompous language that he had, which you'll have to play Voodoo Detective to hear about. Mm. Um, who else, who am I missing? Um, yeah, there's some yeah, that's... There's a wonderful, colorful cast of characters. There's, yeah, that's uh, a... Janelle Lynn Randall did Ursa. Oh, was, yeah, that was fun. Donna Hobilly was voiced by Eric Holloway. He has a wonderful voice and did a great job. Uh, John Lou Thomas was Theodore Lawton. We could recite the whole cast because they're all actually... Like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all awesome. What, yeah, what, Donna, what... Hobilly, Donna Hobilly is a really fun character. Voodoo Detective's brother, who owns the local uh watering hole and is the basically the last holdout of local businesses so that's nice to go there mm. and he's quite a talented piano player um so that's that's a not only character but background that i personally love to spend time at um just listening to that piano tinkle in the corner uh doesn't get better than that cool yeah, no, I mean, it's a fantastic cast of uh, characters. I suppose leading up, up to that then, because uh, you also mentioned uh, Peter McConnell uh, did the soundtrack. Um, it, well, first of all, how did you guys approach these actors? How did you manage to get uh, these actors to do voices in, in this game? So uh, did you just put out a casting call or did you approach them specifically? Because as you just mentioned, they're a fantastic group of, group of actors. So um i would probably green eric again if you wanted to and then and then other eric if you wanted to jump in at any point <laughs> well we already mentioned that peter mcconnell was part of the project but we actually had some other lucas arts people involved and one of them was uh dara o'farrell who did uh casting for a lot of telltale games and a lot of lucas arts games and uh so when we were well okay so initially we weren't going to have voices at all and as the game uh, continued development the scope kind of ballooned and we're like well what if we did have voice actors and what if they were very good voice actors <laughs> so um, <laughs> i reached out to dara and he uh he said yeah I'd, I'd be willing to do that it'd be great to do another adventure game so he put out the casting call and we got uh hundreds of of auditions and we over 900 auditions i think in total so we went through quite wow. a few yeah, it was incredible. And I don't know if that's because the game is, I think it's a mixture of, of things. I think it's because the game has a lot of story and like opportunity for actual acting versus something like Call of Duty where you're like, ha, ah, <laughs> or like, you know, yelling or getting shot. Um, so that's very appealing for, for actors, I would think, because it gives them more opportunity to act. And Absolutely, um, yes. it was also at the height of the pandemic. So I don't know if that's good or bad for for us because uh, maybe there was a lot more work because people were you know hungry for entertainment or maybe people were looking for work because of the pandemic. Mm. But whatever the case, we got a lot of auditions and um, 
yeah, Dara, Dara is the one who helped us put that together. And, and I should say that another person who worked on the project is Julian Kwasniewski. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. He uh, He's our sound designer, and he also worked on a bunch of LucasArts and Telltale games. And he, I mean, both of them are uh, deeply involved in lots of game development. Um, if you look at their IMDb's or Moby games, you'll see. <clears throat> but he Long also did some of the, yeah, he also he did a lot of the the sound design and also um, editing the sound files. And for a couple sessions, he was also the uh, voice director. So, and and Eric and I were also voice directing along the way as well. Cool. So then about that how did you imagine he was working during the pandemic so i imagine what were all the voice recordings done remotely for the game yes yeah like everything else. so how do you go about uh directing these voice actors for your characters then because a lot of them or most of them are very experienced and very good actors so how how did you you know uh direct them uh, probably well over well remotely again to voice the character the way that you wanted them do you have any specific way or methods or anything that you want uh, me, to, me to answer or blue yeah eric? or or blue eric whichever one of you worked on that the most i guess with blue eric well yeah I, we were we were definitely equals uh there but we we got very fortunate to work with people who uh were kind enough to take our direction i will say and but yeah we were on zoom calls uh, some people were doing it from their homes, from their living rooms. Um, other people, there were there were a few actors who went into studios, but even then we would phone in a Zoom call and uh, they'd be in the studio and we'd be in our living rooms. Um, and yeah, we would just go through line by line. And most of the time they made our jobs pretty easy. Um, we didn't have to do much that Will Stevens especially really just locked into uh, the character of Voodoo Detective, which was really cool. Um, but when we did have direction, everybody was very gracious and kind, and they would hear what we, which way we wanted to go with the character. Uh, we, Eric and I had uh, very uh, concrete ideas of how we wanted everyone to go. Uh, so I think because of that, we were able to give succinct notes. Um, and I think that's helpful too kept the chatter down and yeah, we just, uh, we, we were just able to uh, go back and forth really well. And being remote didn't really seem to get too much in the way, as far as I can tell, maybe a couple technical difficulties here and there. <laughs> uh, and some people were um, international too. Mm. Uh, but for the most part, it was all, it was all rather pleasant. Oh, that's that's nice to hear. Yeah, everybody everybody was uh, just yeah really easy to work with, and uh, I hope I can say the same about us. Sure <laughs> studio, who knows what our reputation is amongst these actors? But uh, we had a nice time. We can yeah. be a couple of prima donnas sometimes. <laughs> uh, well, it's about to to ask then. I think you kind of answered as well. Like, what was it like working during the pandemic um, and remotely? Did you guys work remotely with each other, or did you guys get together at any point during the pandemic? Um, do you think it would have been better to work face to face with the actors and with you know with each other if you didn't? But again, uh, Blue Eric, you mentioned that uh, 
it was all rather pleasant. But I suppose, well, green, Eric, I know this is weird, but I'm still going with it. <laughs> um, I think uh, if it's a visual podcast, then green and blue are a lot easier. Yeah, if if, if this is all, if people are listening to this in audio, Eric is, green, Eric is wearing green, and blue, Eric is wearing blue. That's why I'm calling you green and blue, Eric. You don't actually look green and blue like people in Star Trek. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm not sad and Eric's not full of envy. um so so yeah how was it working remotely then did you guys work remotely uh with each other or were you able to get together in person during the pandemic uh largely we were remote like because eric lives in la and i live in bellevue washington um so we we would have a lot of uh google meet meetings and um and use slack and you know discord whatnot um that's largely how we communicated and how we dealt with with everything. So, I mean, we're both children of the pandemic, I suppose, for this, <laughs> this project. Um, yeah, full stop. That's that's how it was. Yeah, and since since this is our first game, we don't really have anything to compare it to. Mm. Um, so we can't really say. But so far, oh. so good. I forgot um, you asked if it was better than in person, and I have to say that. It was great, but I think in-person would be much better. Mm. Uh, I was recently yeah. watching a GDC talk that was talking about the pyramid of uh, of communication at, at the bottom with the least information conveyed was uh, email. <laughs> you don't get any facial expressions, no voice, no intonation. Yeah. And then there's voice. You don't have any facial expressions. And then there's Zoom, which is 20 frames per second. And apparently there are these uh, micro expressions that people have based on the emotions they're feeling at the time and you can pick up on it in person like mm. maybe you say something offensive to me and i have a little disgruntled flash of, ex- of expression that you catch on my face in person but over zoom since it's 20 frames per second you're less likely to catch that so i think and especially with animation studio it would have been really nice to be in person so we could you know act mm. some of the stuff out and, and we did have video but Sometimes a conversation, oh man, it's worth so many emails and it's worth so many videos. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Um, But it did did work out pretty well. Yeah, not to mention when we get to work together and I get to experience and bask in the joy of Green Eric's company. (laughs) Likewise, likewise. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I think I can agree, you know, like I would love to do this podcast, you know, in person, you know, go over yeah. to the States and meet the two of you guys together. And I've loved a few times that we've been able to speak because I traveled to the States uh, a few years ago uh, for a conference and to Canada and to the UK. But yeah, this is uh, hopefully maybe in the future I can travel more. But yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, funny what you mentioned about Zoom that. Uh, you know, I, I could offend you guys 20 times over and I mightn't realize. Hopefully I haven't. But <laughs> uh, never I'll never know. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So well, I'm going to keep keep going. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that I haven't. Um, and and yet. So then uh, you mentioned uh, Peter McConnell of Monkey Island and Griffin Tango and Psychonauts fame. How did you get him involved? How did you uh, how did he get involved then? I don't know if Green Eric, you want to. Yeah, uh, uh, it's it's uh by the way he's going to be doing we just found out uh yeah an interview on bbc uh bbc radio three oh uh, about voodoo detective soundtrack so if you're in wow England, you're interested in or anywhere that bbc broadcasts i suppose 
Uh, you should check that out. It's going to be really cool. Um, but how did we get in touch with people? Oh, yes. What he said sometime in July. Um, but as far as getting in touch with Peter, it started out with a really great guy named Peter Chan, actually, who's uh, an artist that worked on Monkey Island and a number of other, uh, oh, so many things. Uh, but he's incredibly talented. And he's one of the people I reached out to to see if he'd be interested in doing some of our backgrounds, maybe. Or, yeah, I think it was backgrounds, not character design, or maybe both, because he can do everything. Mm. But um <laughs> He lives in Washington too. So I was talking to him and I was like, hey, would you be interested? And he he was working on a Netflix show at the time. So he didn't have time, but he was very helpful in connecting us with uh, different artists. Like one of our background artists, Soi Che, who's tremendously talented, also located in the Seattle area. Uh, he was introduced to us through Peter and Peter McConnell happened to be one of the other people he introduced us to. So uh we, I guess I mentioned that we were still looking for a composer. He said, oh, let me connect you with Peter McConnell. He'll take care of you. And he did. And one thing about Peter we didn't know was that he's also a huge fan of the noir genre. So oh. all we had to do was mention uh, Raymond Chandler or Dashiell Hammett. And then the conversation devolved into just spouting our favorite noirs and talking about the virtues of different shows. And uh, so we had a lot in common there. And... I think so. It's partly a passion project for him because it's a genre he's, he's fond of. And maybe there's some nostalgia there. I can't speak for him for the mm. adventure game genre because he worked at LucasArts, obviously, and made some really fantastic games. Um, and I guess that's probably why he could probably speak more to what motivated his decision. Sure, but it yeah, yeah. Great Let's blessing get it in here. Honor. Absolutely. Yeah. P Peter, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. I would love to talk to you as well. And how was it working with him? And again, giving him direction for kind of the music that you wanted. You know, there's this legend who has worked on Green Fantango, Monkey Island and Psychonauts. Um, so how did you guys work with him? What does he like to work with? He um, was... <laughs> I can guess. Yeah, well, Green Eric. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Eric wants to feel that, but uh I'll, for my part it was uh one of the highlights of the game development it was so so much fun both eric and i are um huge music i mean it's like a huge component of both of our existence i think eric would agree that it's just it's uh sine qua non kind of thing like it really it's great I love music and uh peter is a consummate professional like he would we started out a little rough it was like because a lot of games like hearthstone for instance or one of some of these multi-hundred hour triple a games you don't want music that's catchy and that loops you want ambient stuff that can go on and on and you don't get tired of it but mm. for an adventure game with a lot of story um it was great and it like it it really made those monkey island and grim fandango it was huge so that's what we wanted and once we conveyed that to him we kind of locked in and he would we would at the start of every piece we would send him a document that eric and i came up with with like here's a song from who framed roger rabbit like let's say we're talking about theodore lawton he's a lawyer in our game and he's kind of a weasel um so we went to eric came up with this reference from who framed roger rabbit where there's these weasels uh literal weasels and they have this wonderful theme by alan silvestri i think is his name the composer yeah. Yeah. So we shared that with peter 
And we're like, we want to go for this kind of feeling. And he's like, oh, this is my kind of jam. I can do this. This is perfect for this lawyer guy. And so he came back to us. And I think this is one instance where he literally sent us his first draft. And we're like, yes, that is the direction we want to go. But there were other songs like the Mary's theme. Early on in the process, we wanted to come up with Mary's theme. And uh, he started out based on our suggestion. We gave him, you know, like, here's Chinatown. Here's Body Heat. Here's some here's some other noir music and we want to have sort of a sad quality to it because she's lost some of her, her, uh, without divulging too much, she has amnesia and she has kind of a sad backstory. So there's some of that sadness in there, but there's also, uh, hope there's also adventure, uh, maybe a hint of, of, uh, romance or, you know, some, some, uh, some of that quality. And so we started out with all these different samples and gradually, narrowed in based on the sketches he was sending us back and i actually have a we have a blog post up there with with links to like five different iterations of this particular piece and you can see peter the cogs in his head turning like what is it there what are they looking for so like the first one okay and we gave him feedback saying like maybe this is a little too melancholy and then the next iteration it would be uh like a little faster paced but still a little too melancholy or a little bit of this quality that we're trying to avoid. And so little by little, we'd hone in on what we were looking for. And in every instance, we would always come to something we were all very, very happy with. And like the finished soundtrack is a thing of of beauty. It's really, really cool, I think. And I'm not objective at all, but (laughs) I would say it's like one of my favorite game soundtracks in recent history. And I think I would have that if I hadn't been involved. It's, It's really shining spot of goodness in the game that um regardless of what you think of any other aspects of the game and i think the game is fantastic and a lot of people agree yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) this soundtrack is is really killer it's it's super cool and if you're a fan of grim fandango you're a fan of peter mcconnell's work in other games you're gonna you're really gonna love the soundtrack for voodoo detective and is the soundtrack available separately or can we just hear it in the game or do you have any plans to release it? Right now it's available in game. Okay. Um, but uh, we are going to release the soundtrack and it will be available at some point. <laughs> We're going to work with Peter in July on that. So. Cool. Oh, well, thank you so much for that. That was a very in-depth answer about how, what it's like to work in a fascinating answer how to work with someone like Peter and um, you know, music as well. It's great to hear that you work so close together um, as well. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, so then I suppose I wanted to chat up a little bit about the little bit about the gameplay, what we'd expect. So I suppose uh, other Eric, Blue Eric, um, mm-hmm. what, what can you tell us about the gameplay? What can we expect uh, in this game and some of the puzzles that we might uh, encounter? And what's what's what are your views on puzzles? Should they be... Uh, difficult, challenging, or should they be more, you know, focused on narrative, or should there be hints for players? Um, so, well, what can you tell us about the gameplay in Voodoo Detective? And then maybe the two of you guys can talk about your thoughts on on puzzles in general. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, the gameplay, it's we we try to simplify it as much as possible in terms of uh, the pointing and clicking aspect of it got rid of any verbs as they're sometimes mm. called like in a lot of point and click games you'll click on something and have the option of 
examine or pick up or talk to. Uh, where we tried to simplify it, where just anything you click on, you immediately interact with it the way you ought to. If it's something you can pick up, you pick it up. If it's someone or thing you can talk to, you can talk to it. Um, so we just thought that, uh, yeah, streamline the experience. Um, so that was something important to us that uh, we grew into, I will say. At the, at the beginning, we, we didn't exactly uh, know what we were going to like best. And that was something that we grew, that we grew into. Um, and basically, that's most of the gameplay right there. That kind of um, covers everything. Another thing um, in these games that often happens is you take some long walks, uh, which can be beautiful, especially in a game like Voodoo Detective, mm. where the backgrounds are so gorgeous. Um, but when you've been playing for a while, sometimes those long walks can feel a little tedious. Um, so another thing we implemented was a sort of, uh, I guess we've always called it speed walking, um, but where if you, you know, if you double click or if you hit space bar, then you can uh, just speed your walk away through the, speed your way through the level, uh, which is nice and hopefully something people appreciate. I know I appreciate it mm. uh, when I, since Eric and I have both played through the game, uh, dozens of hundreds. <laughs> um, so we did that. We did. We implemented the same thing with dialogue as well, in case uh, you know, if you ever have to re-listen to a conversation and only or only want to rehear one sentence, you can skip through a bunch of dialogue. Mm. Hopefully, you're not skipping through anything that's important. Um, but there are definitely some times when you don't need to hear everything over and over again. Um, so I'm a big fan. Again, something we were hoping would streamline is the ability to skip through both walking and then dialogue as well. Um, Puzzle-wise, well, gosh, what were we? We had a few, I guess, different approaches to puzzles. Early on, I think Eric really latched on to the idea of, um, Eric would actually be much better to talk about this because he was the one who really championed the philosophy of, um, well, one, we, we tried to, well, I, Eric, let me hand this over to you. <laughs> okay. okay, green oh. Eric. Yeah. So the philosophy behind our puzzles? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, we, well, again, we owe a great debt to the, the games that came before us, not just from their successes, but from their mistakes. Uh, I think anyone who's played some of the Sierra Online games will agree that there are some rough edges that the game could have benefit from some sandpaper like uh, um you could miss some in some small item early on in the game save your game and then never be able to go back and get it and and because of that you couldn't beat the game so we wanted to avoid anything like that there was there was from the get-go there was going to be no puzzles that you couldn't um go back and solve uh we benefited greatly from from Ron Gilbert's blog posts he had about um, adventure games. He had he had a blog post, and I, I can find the link. I can't remember the name of it, but he talks about yeah, it was thirty years ago as well, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was it's still it's still st valid yeah. today because yeah. some of these things like um, what did he call it reverse reverse logic puzzles or something whereby you feel like you're 
in a cage trying to get out rather than outside the cage trying to get in. Uh, or or puzzles. The philosophy I was talking about. Go on. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Or or there were um, uh, moon logic was a big thing in mm. those games. So something iconic from Monkey Island 2 is you'd pick up a monkey and I hope I'm not giving any spoilers away here, but you pick up a monkey and you'd have to use it as a monkey wrench mm. on like a lug nut or something to open up a waterfall and uh, or open up a valve. Sorry. Um, we wanted to not have players solve our puzzles and then afterwards say, well, how in the world would I have thought of that? We wanted them to say, oh, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want that kind of experience for our players. So we were trying to be cognizant of of um, like really getting the player's head and make sure we were being fair with the, the hints we gave and with the difficulty of the puzzles. And, uh, you know, something else characteristic of those old games is that they're some of them are very difficult. And I know, especially my as a kid, I needed help from either my older siblings, my mom, my parents or go to game FAQs at the time and say, like, here's the walkthrough, this is what I need to do. And that didn't feel good to me. I know some people do like using walkthroughs, but it, it for me, it takes me out of the experience. So we have a hint system in Voodoo Detective whereby you can click on Voodoo Detective, he'll tell you what he's thinking and sort of give you a, a general, he'll, he'll keep you on rails, kind of like point you in the direction of what you need to be doing without, it's a gentle guiding hand rather than a, fist clamped around you shoving you in the mm. direction of the answers so we have a little bit of that um and we also wanted the game uh i don't know if i already said this but like those old games are very difficult mm. i did just say that literally just <laughs> so those games are very no, but difficult. it's true they were very difficult uh that stuck with me and we didn't want it to be a game where you get frustrated like that we wanted uh story is so important to us like the games that i play these days um as I get busier or as the, maybe it's just me getting old, but like the, the shooters or the things that rely on gameplay mechanics where you just, you kill things or you, it's like frenetic battlegrounds or, or whatever. And those don't appeal as much as story-based games to me. And maybe it's because I don't have as much time and they're more digestible, or maybe it's because I, I've, I've been there, done that with those other mm. kinds of games. The so story was something that was super important to us from the beginning something we hold dear in our philosophy of game making. And we didn't want the difficulty of the game to get in the way of enjoying the puzzles, the dialogue, the humor, the music. We wanted the experience to be, uh, you know, challenging, but not frustrating. So those are kind of the guiding philosophies behind the puzzles. We wanted to be, you know, whimsical, challenging, but not frustrating, if at all possible. Yeah, I think, I think you, we. Sorry, go ahead. I think we towed that line pretty. Or I don't know if "towed" the line's the right word. I think we threaded the needle pretty, <laughs> pretty well. We haven't gotten a lot of complaints about Moon Logic or any of that. There are some people who've said the. Uh, what have they said? They've been largely. I think, I think most of them have said uh, this is the greatest game they ever played. And I think some That's of them. True. Said, I think some of them said that the puzzles were brilliant. I yeah. think said the game's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I can't remember anything else, but generally everyone has said that or something like it. Eric, Eric's half joking, but 
(laughs) honestly we've been like overwhelmed with the the feed the 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 reviews we've seen with the tweets i think one of the first tweets i saw it kind of just took my breath away as this guy said that it was uh immediately one of his favorite adventure games and it was i was floored i was totally not expecting that that kind of feedback because you you work on this game for years and years and you show it to your friends you show it to your family and for these loyal people in your life in your lives uh you expect kind of positive feedback but then it goes out into the real world and you're like okay here comes the real deal (laughs) and you get more of the same it's like it's fantastic uh, it is fantastic it's it's a real it's a real honor to be hearing this from people and it's we're totally floored with the responses we've gotten yeah so just uh i was just gonna add that especially in a genre where people are so diehard uh and like people who love adventure games really love adventure games so it's no we don't have a lot of uh people accidentally playing this game Mm. and we're you know uh being held up against these (laughs) amazing titles so it's i don't know it's just it's just really great well, con- congratulations! Because it's not—it's not easy to uh, uh, to get, shall we say, the seal of approval from adventure game fans. What I found is that they can be tough to uh, to please sometimes. That, especially with the gameplay with puzzles, you hit the nail on the head there, Eric, as well. That we're challenging but not frustrating. Uh, but then there's some people who say, "Oh, the puzzles are too easy." And then other people say, oh, I give up. The puzzles are too difficult. I don't have time. So, But it sounds like you guys, as you mentioned, threaded the needle, that you kind of struck the right balance for most people, I imagine. Um, and yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement. I mean, I play games mainly for story, but then again, you need some gameplay to hook you and some challenge as well to keep you thinking. But if it becomes frustrating, then I might go to a walkthrough or I might just leave it for a while and might not get back to it. So... Uh, but no, it sounds I, I I really like everything that I've heard there. <laughs> Genuinely, that um, because some other times when people have been given the answer, I'm like okay, that's your opinion. Um, you know, you want puzzles to be as difficult as possible, but okay. But um, <laughs> uh, no, fa- fantastic. And uh, now I don't want to keep you guys too long, but uh, we have to talk with the graphics because, and I know for people listening on audio, might be able to see it now, but I really would recommend people to. Uh, Google, watch it on um, uh, just uh, you know, it's on the Steam page or on Google because our main website because the graphics do look stunning. Uh, first of all, for maybe for the people on audio on video as well, we don't see it. How would you guys describe the the graphics and the look of the game, and how did you guys come to get that look? And were there any artists involved or? anything so uh, i don't know which one of you would like to take on that question be happy to yeah we both can okay which would you which eric do you like better oh don't ask me that (laughs) what color do you like better i I also like green and blue i mean yellow is my favorite color so oh Oh, uh who, who who answered last I think I did. I think I was talking babbling. Okay. Okay. So in that case, then uh, blue, blue, Eric. Uh, What can you you tell us about the graphics of the game and uh, the the look that you went for and anyone who worked on the game, like any illustrators or artists? Yeah. The artists were, as you can see from the art, extremely talented individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And we, yeah, we, we wanted to, we wanted to emulate at, at the time specifically, we really were digging the Xerox era Disney look um, for whatever reason, just because we have a lot of fondness from um, those movies, et cetera. I know one of my favorite films is uh, the Disney's Robin Hood, um, mm. you know, where the Robin Hood's a fox. Um, but that's that 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 era of Disney animation has always appealed to us, and I guess wasn't something that we were seeing too much of. Um, so we thought, well, if we're going to make something, let's make it look like something we've been wanting to see. Um, so that was at least in our character design, that was something we were looking for, and we found I should say Eric found uh, an amazing artist, Tiana uh, Tiana Oreglia. I believe is how you say her last name, um, who is, uh, again, just look at the look at the characters and you'll see for yourself, but who's a very, very talented individual and helped us uh, bring these characters to life. Um, and, and she also was somebody who, you know, when we told her the style we were shooting for, she immediately latched onto it. She also, like us, is a fan of uh, the Venture Brothers, which was another influence of ours, that TV show um so yeah tiana helped us bring that to life um with the backgrounds we wanted to i guess you know this was inspired by monkey island again i don't know how many times we can say monkey <laughs> island um but we, we you know we wanted to go with a almost skewed perspective uh to give it a bit of a fantastic and whimsical feel um so we were working with an artist, um, Bruce, Bruce Bernese, uh, who helped us really develop. I mean, he, he, he wants us to go with the painterly style, which he ran with, uh, once he recommended that to us and helped us develop, uh, what ended up just being the, um, our signature look, uh, I guess I could say. Um, and then another artist, Josh, ha I mean, we had so many wonderful artists mm. working on it, uh, but Bruce and then Josh Haberman kind of were the ones who took the style and ran with it. And then it uh, matriculated from there. I'm using that word right. Um, and what else can I say about them? Yeah. And then and the, the portraits uh, and animation and was rendered in 4K uh, and the animation, thanks to Little Blackstone was the studio we worked with um in based out of toronto um what else can we say about these wonderful people eric uh yeah like exactly what eric said i think tiana pioneered the the style we were looking for i came across her on twitter actually and we had already talked about uh how we liked the disney era xerox era disney look um and if you just google that i don't know what you'll get <laughs> if you Google Robin Hood, you might get something that would indicate what we were going for. So kind of the sketchy lines, um, really kind of, it's beautiful artwork. Mm. Um, so I found Tiana on Twitter and I was like, this is it. This is the, this is the person that's got to do Voodoo Detective. So she was sort of the lead for pioneering our style. And then Nathan Anderson is uh, someone who worked on a lot of the characters for the game as well. And he's wonderful too. Um, Nick Freeman and Brian McGee were the other two. They did fewer characters, but I think 
everyone did a, a fantastic job on our characters. Um, and, and like Eric said, Bruce is based out of Seattle and he's one of the first people I approached. He's the only one. No, no, no. I met two of them in person because Bruce and Soy Che are both in, in Washington. <clears throat> but I think uh, Josh Haberman, who's from Toronto also, he was introduced to us through Little Blackstone, our animation studio. And he, once we had him on board, I think he sort of started uh, like his, the background style that he was he was going for is exactly what we wanted. So he he really did a great job. Um, I mean, if you yeah, just looking at the backgrounds, they're they're fantastic. It's something they we are get genuinely a lot, a lot of compliments on. Like Donut Hole Billy's is one that we parade around. Like, hey, look look at our game. Look how beautiful it is. Look at Donut Hole Billy's. It, it's really breathtaking what he did. And and uh, I've mentioned we've mentioned Bruce, we've mentioned Josh, but there's also Sam, uh, who worked on you know the mansion. He, she worked on Ile Francois, and uh, which I mean these are places you'll see in the game. I don't want to give away too much. Of course, here. yeah, yeah. No, um, I mean the the backgrounds look so detailed as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, her name is Samantha Key. If you're looking for an artist, she's in the UK. Um, yeah, they were all, we were just lucky. I, I mean, I, I was like a, I don't know if you know how a, a search engine works, but it sort of starts with some links and then it starts crawling outwards, clicking <laughs> all the links in every page and searching. That's exactly what I did, but on Twitter, I was like, well, I know that I like these artists and let's see who they follow. And let's see who mm. they follow. Let's see who they follow. <laughs> And eventually you run into some pretty fantastic, I mean, you, you run into tons of fantastic artists. Some of them are busy, some of them aren't. But I think, yeah, when I saw Tiana, when I saw, when we saw Josh and Bruce, we, our eyes popped out and we're like, them, 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 please. I hope they're not busy. Mm. <laughs> um, it was a pleasure working with them. And then uh, we didn't even mention our UI, which was done by Sarah Ford and Lily, Lily Allen, both from the UK. Um, and they worked on several games. I mean, uh, Sarah's done uh, UI for several games and her work is fantastic too. We have a kind of a simplistic UI design. We wanted it to be something you wouldn't need a, a uh, you know, like a tutorial or a briefing to mm. get through. It's something that should be fairly intuitive, hopefully. I hope you're not hearing all these Slack noises. I should, I should have closed this. No, I don't hear anything. Okay. Um, but uh, I don't hear anything on my end. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, all, everyone who's worked on this game, they're obviously very talented, as you can imagine. Just the background is so detailed. And uh, now there's no, you don't see the animations in the screenshots, but you have trailers as well, which I, I remember seeing. And I'll, you know, I'll try and put a trailer up uh, for this episode as well so people can see. But, it's, um, but yeah, no, it really does look fantastic. You can tell a lot of effort has gone into this. And I think we can see the results now. <laughs> Um, and I'm sure you think about when you see screenshots, you go, wow, it looks great. But then, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's, you can only really appreciate it really well when you play the game, I'm sure. Because that's what happened to me several times. Yeah, um, it really comes comes to life because there are, yeah, you can see the screenshots, but another another group of people I didn't even, didn't even mention just now are the FX artists and uh, like John McFarlane and uh, he he's worked on, you know, The Simpsons, Princess... Uh, what was it? Princess and the Frog. He worked on mm. the Iron Giant. He's done all these 
wow <laughs> films and he's, he's still working on the simpsons um but for instance on main street there's this ocean front and he drew these beautiful waves um coming in or uh there'll be there are fountains in the game and and playing the game and seeing the screenshots are two different things because you see like this living environment so definitely these people they deserve to have their work seen cool uh well i look forward to to playing it for myself and seeing it for myself um so as we mentioned the game is out now uh where has the game been released uh, where can you where can people find the game if uh and i'm pretty sure they will want to play it but where, where can they can they buy the game uh, uh easiest, easiest yeah. way to get it uh voodoodetective.com has links to all the stores that sell our game but if i'm just going to sit here and enumerate them as i like to do uh, it's available on steam available on epic it's available on the ios app store on the mac os app store so you can buy it on your apple computers through the nice. native app store and it's also available on google play store and we've gotten a lot of requests for good old games so that might be something we're going to sell on too uh, okay and uh, hopefully if nintendo sees fit to grace us with a dev kit we will be on switch as well which would be wonderful we'd love to be on switch hope hopefully i mean hopefully gog and uh nintendo will you know you can appear there because i think the game uh would deserve it um but i uh, know that's great and if anybody wanted to find out more about uh, you guys or about the game itself i mean you mentioned videodetective.com presume that's the first place to go <laughs> uh but if you want to find anything more about uh you guys do you have any websites or i don't know social media that you wanted to mention um there's a twitter account uh at voodoo detective if you want to follow the latest of our our posts but we also have a blog that i was writing for uh for a while as the game was in development and if you're curious to hear in depth more about how the animation was done how the music was conceived, how the, uh, honestly, going back, it's it's a real trove of historical documentation for the game's development. Uh, there are things that both Eric and I didn't even remember having written in the blog. So there's all sorts of fun stuff you can learn about the development process and you kind of get a sense of, our sense of humor before you buy the game. You can read the blog and say, oh, okay, that's what these guys who wrote the game are about. So. Maybe I'll like the game. And you will like the game, I promise. I do. I'm, promise. Sure, I'm sure we will. <laughs> I'm sure we will. Um, is there, I think that's all the questions that I have. Is there anything else that you guys would like to mention that we haven't touched on or anything like to say before we go? Um, no, putting you on the spot here. Don't mean to, but just anything else that you'd like to mention to people listening or watching or for anybody else that's, uh, or anything else that we haven't touched on? Have you got anything, Eric? Um, yeah, I just would say uh, everybody should play Voodoo Detective by Short Sleeve Studio. Uh, and how. <laughs> yeah, no, you got all the links there from Green Eric. Uh, so <laughs> I will Certainly put the... De definitely. I will put the links at least to the website on the show notes and in the description on the YouTube video. So... Uh, people can easily check out the game as well. So really no excuse not to get the game. It looks fantastic. And uh, Jerry looks to be like one of the 
the adventure games of the year. It, and I don't say this lightly. We'll see it towards the end of the year. Um, but uh, but it does look, it's gotten some very good reviews. I know people are pretty excited about it. So I was delighted to have a chance to talk to you guys. And um, and oh, any any plans for, that you can mention for the future? Um, again, without giving any spoilers, but would you like to give, uh, you know, to make this into a series or do you have any other ideas for something different or anything you can say about what plans you may have in the future? Well, I think we both like how, you know, how LucasArts was a huge success and then uh, they sold to Disney for like billions of dollars. <laughs> we were thinking maybe doing that. Now, um, oh, Disney, if you're uh, listening, <laughs> yeah. we're not we're just and anybody, anybody who wants to throw money at us, yeah, and yeah. anybody yeah. if you want to throw money at uh, to two Eric's. <laughs> I think we'd, we'd love to. A serious answer is we'd love to make more games, and a lot of that's dependent upon how, how this game is received. But, um, I think the fondest wish in my heart is to be able to make more because it was the highlight of my professional career, if not life. On this game it's been a real honor a privilege working with eric and all these wonderful people and having this opportunity is it's uh like i said yeah it's been the it has been it's so trite to say this but it's been like the journey of my life so far and i know my life's not over but it <laughs> felt kind of over when the game released to be honest it's such a huge part of my life these mm. past few years so yeah no, yeah, no fa- fantastic and uh, and what well, to finish off? Uh, but Blue Eric, uh, is there anything you'd like to add to that to to c- oh, continue? Me, um, not nothing more than just uh, second. I second that over and over again. Uh, what a great joy this has been, and how happy I am. It's out in the world, and people get to play it. And uh, if you like it, tell people so there can be more, uh, because we'd love to keep on doing this. Uh, we, we we would as well yeah and also and thank you so much for having us Georgia. Yeah, th- thank you guys i was uh you know as i said i love speaking to game developers but this is certainly one of the games when it came on my radar i was hoping to speak to to you guys because i'm looking forward to playing it myself and to find out more about it and uh it's i've really really enjoyed this um and uh and i really hope to to hear from you guys again and to uh, speak to you guys, you know, maybe next time or see each other at a conference sometime. And yeah. uh, I've got my fingers crossed that the game will do well and uh, you can continue to make more games. I think that's what, what we would all want. <laughs> that would make make the world a better place if the two of you could continue making games. <laughs> thank you very much. So, um, thank you. so well, thank you very much, uh, Eric and Eric. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, an absolute delight speaking to the two of you. And, uh, you've been, you've very patiently answered my questions. Um, so uh, so yeah, the very best of luck with Voodoo Detective and with whatever else you do in the future. And uh, and and yeah, we will review the game as soon as we get a chance to play it. And I'm sure we'll keep in touch. All right, definitely. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. You know where to find us. So that was my interview with Eric Fulton and Eric Ackerman of Shortly Studio. A huge, huge thank you to blue and green eric uh and it was great to speak to the two of them and uh very very better luck with with their game it seems to be doing very well 
and um, we will of course be reviewing it as soon as we can um hopefully uh we will be reviewing it either next review episode or the one after um but it was really great chatting to those guys and uh wish them all the best of luck in future as well who knows um hopefully we can get some more games in the voodoo detective universe uh so that is it for uh this episode um we'll be back i'll be back in a couple of weeks with uh, Thomas and Laura as we will be reviewing the latest adventure games that we've been playing and an adventure games book, or rather a book based on an adventure game, as Thomas and I will be uh, talking about the Heaven's Vault novels. Uh, yeah, you heard right, Heaven's Vault novels, and we'll be talking about that as well, comparing that to the game, and I'll be reviewing uh, Suzerain, and, um, and Laura will be talking a little bit about her playthrough for the first time of Indiana Jones' Fate of Atlantis to celebrate its 13th anniversary and whatever else we've been playing in the meantime. So until then, take care, everyone. And goodbye. <laughs>